Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Hey everybody, welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. Hello Matthew, hello Griffin Sheridan. Is this better than Griffin's intro last week? <laughs> um, Griffin clearly doesn't think it is. He was already shaking his head now. I think it's too intense. I was I a little it's... bit tense. I was clenching. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely, we definitely have built this up to be way more stressful than it needs to be um i could do it again calmer no i think i think it was good i think let's just keep going you know this is going to be a very chill show uh my very good friend and amazing comic writer christopher sabella is our guest today hello chris has a lot of chill energy that he brings to a room (laughs) and i think that uh that was as much intensity as we need for the show (laughs) i can get a little yeah, you're gonna get more intense. I can, if required. No, we don't. We don't need right. it. We, okay. we don't ask that of anybody. We'll That's see where good. the conversation goes. Yeah, it could get heated. Yeah, I mean, if we start <laughs> screaming at each other, that'd be great. We've never done that on this show. It's always been huh. friendly. If you want to mm-hmm. be our first walk off, just like Ooh. slam the headphones down. I'm game for it. I feel like it would be weird to get in my first argument with you, like in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never. We don't really argue about anything. But maybe that's why it's because we're usually talking and it's in private. Maybe we should go when we go public. It's all ugly and right. nasty. Yeah, big we do. We do always have really intense gotcha questions ready just in case the show gets boring. So sure. yeah, yeah, if we whip we, one of those out. Yeah, yeah. We, we we've done some real digging into like, the dirt. Like like what, Ethan? You what? What's one of our prepared gotcha questions that we have ready right now? Chris, As is it true? <laughs> It, that's it. That's 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 is it true? Is it true? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. Um, well, Chris, thank you for joining us today on this very calm Friday that we're taping on and whatever day people are listening to it on. I'm going to mm-hmm. say Tuesday. I'm going to say it's Tuesday for everyone at home. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to have you on because uh, in addition to being uh, a very good buddy of mine you are one of my favorite writers in comics and i wanted to sort of pick your brain in a way that we don't normally do because it would be really weird if i was (laughs) sitting on your couch talking about technical stuff with you um so uh, let's just start with the boring bullshit questions that uh we start with which is uh why do you make comics Mm -hmm. what is it about comics that you like um i don't i don't know i've just always loved like you know i fell in love with comics in like sixth grade maybe early maybe fifth um and even though what what was it then what were you reading what did you fall in love with you know was it a specific thing uh i mean the first thing i really remember loving was the new universe oh wow um just because it was like oh cool i don't have to like because there wasn't Wikipedia, there was no way to like, you, you had to go find the issues to figure out what happened, you know, in the past 300 uh, issues of X-Men. Yeah. Um, 
it, it sort of ties in with X-Men though, but like new universe was the first like thing that like, I felt like, okay, I'm getting in on the ground floor. I don't have to know shit. Um, and uh, then from there, it just kind of grew. And then there was a night where my mom and her friends were having a party at somebody's house. Um, and I came with, cause she couldn't afford a babysitter. So I, I stayed in the kitchen and then her friend, um, I don't know. I can't remember his name. She told me once, but uh, this dude like sat across from me at the kitchen table and found out I was in the comics. And I was like, yeah, I think the X-Men are cool. And then he literally walked me through the history of the X-Men. Um, <laughs> and he was How like, old are you at this point? Sorry. I mean, I'm like probably like 12. Okay. All awesome. yeah, right. Um yeah, and he's like, and then the brood show up, and the brood are these aliens. And I was like, this sounds so cool. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know. It just kind of hit me at the right time, and then I just got super deep into them. And then I quit reading comics several times now, um, but I keep coming back. There's just like it's sort of inescapable. So I don't know. It just feels like I'm, you know, uh, I'm drawn to them and. Um, you know, for a long time, I tried writing, I mean, I'm still trying, but, uh, writing novels and stuff. And the problem with those is like, you, it's like, what do you do with that? Like the, the process there is just so insane. <laughs> and, and I could never finish anything because nobody was waiting on anything. And mm -hmm, comics right. were like, uh, comics are kind of perfect for me because they, they're like, okay, we need this uh, on this date. And then it comes out, you know, like three yeah. months later and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're not like, hey, my book is coming out in 2026. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just couldn't do that. So, I mean, comics fulfills a lot of weird needs for me. It, it, it's funny because you talk about the the sort of deadline nature of it. And I'm, I'm working on a comic with my, my brother now. And I explain I had to explain to him, I was like, basically, we're going to start a train driving. And then we have to get in front of it and build rails <laughs> and like, and it's, it's such a foreign process to him. And like, I could just sort of see him and, and he's super up for it and super game for it. But there's a little bit of terror in his eyes of being like, <laughs> cause he's a filmmaker. And so he comes in and is like, no, it's supposed to be written and done. And you're supposed to know what everything is. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do it really. Like, and, and I find comfort in that. I find, like you said, like there's comfort in the, like, yeah, there's a there's a there's a disaster behind you if you're not moving mm. uh, is really rewarding in a way that like it, for me. Yeah, I tried to write prose and was just like, this is not for me at all. Mm. Yeah, because nobody's waiting. You know, nobody gives a shit. Like, but <laughs> at least at least in comics, you know, there's a team and you have to, you know, you have to. And, and plus, you know, you get your feedback a lot sooner, which, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely very insecure about a lot mm. of stuff. And um I don't know, getting like positive feedback on something I'm doing is like nice. Like, and uh, knowing that like people are reading it, even as yeah. I'm working on it, I don't know. It's a weird liminal space of like the Schrodinger's comic. Like, <laughs> it's, it's both, it exists in the world, but I am still working on it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love, I love the like turnaround time. I, I don't, I don't, I, I know a lot of people, as I'm sure you do, who are, you know, going into other mediums or dipping into other mediums. And there's so much just like I made a thing and then it goes in a bunch of people's desks and a bunch of people's drawers for a yeah. bunch of years. Or like I made a thing and maybe you're going to see it in six years. And that to me is like 
I, I, like I've been so trained by comics to be like, yeah, I'm going to see it in a few weeks and you're going to see it in a few months is, yeah. is so important that like, I don't know that I could satisfactorily untrain myself from that. I don't know that mm -hmm. I could separate myself from that need. For sure. Can um, I ask, cause Ethan and I have had the great pleasure of having the great pleasure and the great torture of having so much time to spend on our first book to the point where you know we have drafts of just about everything ready to go if need be so it's it's mostly done what is what is the most you've ever had done on a project before that first issue came out and mm. how often does that happen for you that you have a significant amount done that you're like okay we don't have to panic completely does it ever happen um i mean i've i've done books where the whole you know, the whole series was done before the first issue came out. Um, mm -hmm. Sweet. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, like, do you like that more because you, you like, you, you can kind of go, it's go not as pace or do you like you being able to swivel as it comes out and react to the, uh, the readers or. I don't really react to readers as much as I react to like what, what you know my co-creators have done with the script i gave them mm -hmm. and you know i might more often than not i have an ending locked in i know where it's going but like sometimes yeah you you get something and it, you're just like oh this is like so much better than what i was thinking so now i'm just gonna rip mm -hmm. this apart and stick it back together with this new piece mm -hmm. i like that a lot like because i i certainly you know I, it's not like i'm like shitting gold like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, bad byproduct in there. So, like, it, I, it's trying to like, I need other people sometimes really to help bring out the stuff that even I don't know that I want in a book. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's it's a weird alchemy of like, yeah, I, I push people away, but also I need them with me creatively. <laughs> um, yeah, you you're building a small team. You like a small inner circle to make things with but not the yeah. larger world <laughs> can i can i ask a quick tangential question i just want to rewind we got sort of swept forward up but i, I didn't want to miss uh, asking i've never heard someone say that they they got into comics through the new universe in my entire life and and uh and I've, i haven't touched it much i want to ask is there any of it that you feel like is worth revisiting as someone who it kind of mattered to at the time uh i mean i think it all it's i think it's all worth reading it's a really? very wow. interesting experiment kickers inc is of course like just like the weirdest comic that marvel has probably ever put out <laughs> like it just right. doesn't, it doesn't it never makes sense from the moment you start and mm -hmm. it continues to not make sense um but there's it's just like a comic trying to justify its own existence every issue right. um <laughs> And, think, and then, like, all the other, like, DP7 was my favorite, because it's one of my favorite uh, tropes, which is, you know, get a bunch of, like, people who have weird abilities together, and then they, they form a team, and then they break right. out and go into the world. Um, right. So DP7 is definitely, but you have to, like, know it all, because it all comes together, and then there's the draft and the war. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a whole odyssey. But it was the first time that really, like... Uh, I don't know. Comics really spoke to me directly because like, right. yeah, it felt like being in on the ground floor and like, oh, cool. Like I could see how they're, and it was like really shit. It was a whole shared universe. And like before I, I ever knew what that was. 
So it introduced me to a lot of comics concepts that would become important later. I guess I'm going back. (laughs) I was actually in a comic shop last week and they had a a new universe poster uh, hanging up and like, I was like, that's the that's the hardest poster I've ever seen. It's like I don't remember what the tagline is. It, it, the tagline was something like, uh, "On Tuesday we we blew up Pittsburgh. What are we going to do today?" Or like something like that. And I was just like, "That's the poster for this book." Like, man, I need to pull those oh, back off my, out of my long boxes and reread them because it was so badass. But I, I think the new universe thing is actually interesting to me, and I sort of wonder um, for a lot and. But for a lot of comics creators, there's like a real, uh, like the big two, the Marvel and DC are a real goal for them. And you've obviously done stuff at both. You've done, Mm -hmm. you know, you wrote Captain Marvel, you you wrote Injustice, you wrote Blue Beetle, like you've written a bunch of stuff at both companies. But you're, you know, mostly built your career on the back of of creator-owned books and your own stuff, which is really... I mean, it's not it's not rare, but for a person of like the amount of of creator on you've done and like where you are in in the comics industry and your place in it, like it's really kind of exceptional to watch what you've done. And I wonder sort of if falling in love with the new universe is it is sort of part of that, because like for a lot of us, we were like, oh, it's part of being part of this bigger thing that that we're getting into from like you said it's confusing like i got right. into comics through x-men and it was i was in over my head and so i was always sort of in love with kind of being in over my head but you have this love of creator own that's so strong and so apparent in your work i wonder if the new universe thing ties into it have you ever thought about that or is it i i have not but it makes a lot of sense um you know and i definitely got more into regular superhero comics but i was always more into arcs or like you know like i mean the only two things i really remember getting super crazy about in big two comics was grant morrison's run on animal man and grant morrison's run on dune patrol mm-hmm. and because they weren't collected in trade at the time i literally like i bought issues in at least four or five different states over like three years to put my collection together That's awesome. um so, but yeah, I think coming in on a brand new universe, that's like, you know, um, you don't have to, you know, you get in and you get out. I mean, that book does sort of have an ending. Um, sure. And I, I think the other big one was Strike Force Mortari, which was another book I was really big into, mm-hmm. um, which is an, a, a book that has a love of that before. Yeah. It's got a beginning and an ending. And like when people die, they stay dead. Um, like, yeah, I think like yeah, just the the big two, it's just so endless and unfurling and like and nothing sticks, you know, like yeah. there's no permanence to any of it and I think um yeah, I think like having a, a little pocket of your own that like has a finite life to it is much more interesting to me. Yeah, I think a lot like um when I was trying to get There it is. I was looking for it too. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't find it. That's yeah. pretty dope. Today it's pretty dope. Tomorrow? <laughs> question mark. Yeah, it's Who pretty knows? badass poster. Um, I was muted, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll just all buy the poster after this podcast. <laughs> I'm in. Um, no, I, 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 I think that makes a lot of sense it, for me. Like a big thing for me when I was getting when I wanted to start making comics, not when I was getting into comics. I was a little kid when I got into comics, but when I wanted to make comics, you know, I, I said to my my dad, who was a writer, you know, like I want to do this. 
and his only experience with comics was like superhero stuff from when he was younger and he was so against it and he he said i think i've said on the podcast before maybe when like he said a story is the curtain comes up you meet a character and when the curtain comes down that character is changed and he was like how is peter parker a different person in your lifetime than he was in mine he's like these aren't stories and i think like uh, to me i was like well of course they're stories and like there's you know they're just endless stories and that's sort right. of fascinating and to him it was so foreign and to hear you be like yeah i really love you know like the the new universe stuff and there's sort of an end to it or, or strike force or whatever like uh it 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 feels to me like i like that that is the key to something about why your career to me is so fascinating and unique and and sort of aspirational and and cool um but maybe not maybe i'm just like no i think it's a very very good (laughs) it's it's something i've never thought about before um but honestly that's as good an explanation as anything i can come up with and i'm me (laughs) yeah you think about you a lot i only think about you you know once or twice a day so this is oh that's sweet you know it it could be more i'm not gonna lie it Mm. should be more um one of the things i wanted to talk about though is and i you know i i i'm gonna say a bunch of stuff that's gonna make you uncomfortable but that's uh, okay this is our oprah's thing um it's not oprah (laughs) who makes people cry oprah makes people cry Oprah makes people cry. She loves making people cry. Okay, yeah. If she's into that, I'm into it too. Um, And that's sort of uh, the thing... The thing about your work that always strikes me the most, um, that sort of impresses me the most and intimidates me the most, is just your ability to do high-concept stuff. That, like... both, Both in building these things, but also executing them. You always have these, like... They're just the the amount of time I've been sitting on your couch and you just are like, well, I have this idea. And then you just say like the craziest shit I've ever heard. And I'm just like, what? And you're like, yeah. And then this happens. And I'm like, man, that's so good. And like, I don't understand sort of where it comes from. Like, do you like, are you aware that you're like a very high concept writer? Like, do you feel like that's a, a thing for you? Do you focus on that? Or are you just like, yeah, weird, crazy stuff. I mean, I remember specifically like you explaining what Cold War, the concept of Cold War, your book Cold War. Mm-hmm. Me, and me just being like, you were like, yeah, you know, it's all these people, rich people who had their, you know, their brains cryogenically frozen uh, when they were sick and they're all awoken because they're put in giant, battle robots to fight in a in the future in a war and they're the fuel for these robots and they just wake up and they're like go fight and i fucking love that idea more than almost any idea i've ever heard but uh it's also so wild like i w- this is my complex way of being like where do your ideas come from but also like <laughs> are you do you try and build out these crazy cool big ideas or does that just come to you naturally or or what is it uh it's you know i'm just trying to come up with stuff that's cool to me um like i there was a period i guess there still is where i have a i have a notebook uh that i just call a woodshed and for to start it off i would just like i'd pick an idea that interested me so like Hey, I think teleportation is cool. What can I do? And I give myself one page front and back. And I just, you know, try and figure out if I can think of a cool idea uh, with that. And if I can't come up with something in that page, then 
probably not meant to be. Um, But, you know, like I came up with a new idea last week that uh, like was just the dumbest. It it all came from um, that phrase, getting a mulligan, Uh which is a stupid golf term. That's like, you know, you get a do over. -over. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I, it was because of a tweet I made actually. Um, But I, as I was walking to the coffee shop from my house, I just started thinking about that phrase. And then, and then I threw time travel into it. Um, and then, you know, like five blocks later, there was uh, another element. And by the time I got to the coffee shop, I was like, that's a really cool idea. Um, <laughs> so like, sometimes it'll be like that. Sometimes I will press it and I'll like pick a concept and see if I can make something cool with it. It's, it's just about stuff that interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my first book, high crimes, it was because I was uh, like an Everest nerd, like, you know, uh, once a year I would like deep dive on Everest and just like watch documentaries and I reread into thin air and I'd read books by other people who were on that same climbing disaster. Um, <laughs> and then it eventually got to where I just, I wanted it out of my head, um, and to stop doing this. So I came up with high crimes, um, did it work? Yeah. Now I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't touched Everest stuff since. And it's kind of oh. nice because it's just getting worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like, you know, I, I, most of my really good ideas come to me in like really just idle moments. Like if I'm on a, a smoke break or like on a walk or, you know, very rarely do I like force myself you know, Cold War I came up with with, a, with somebody at a bar. Like, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I definitely, I, you know, want to do something that's kind of cool and interesting just because that's the kind of stuff I'm into. Yeah. Um, like, I like high concepts, especially if they're done well. But, you know, all that stuff is just a vehicle to, like, I don't know, do insert some sort of uh, characters and dynamics into it that I can like that's the stuff that ultimately holds me and I just yeah. need a really cool like envelope to stick it all in. Yeah. That, I mean, that was sort of going to be my next question was that like, you know, I, I, uh, and maybe mistakenly, like I tend to think of you as a sci-fi writer because you work in high concept so much, but like, you're not really totally a sci-fi writer, but you do operate in that world a lot. But I think the thing that separates you from a lot of the like high concept writers um, that I read is is that like you can tell there's a human component at the core and that's the story that you're most excited to tell that like y- you have these high concepts and they're set dressing that they're you know you build these crazy worlds but you're like but it's not about the crazy world it's about how you know two people interact within that crazy world and I, I always like I'm much more of a character driven writer I think and much more uh attracted to that in stories and so i'm always fascinated by your stuff because like i hear the ideas and they blow my mind but then when i read it i'm like oh this feels like a book uh, you know like i wish i wrote because it's a great character study it's a great character drama it's a great you know fun adventure story but it also has this fucking super ambitious storytelling around it so i i I was curious about you know your relationship between like character work and, and and the story and the high concept um yeah i mean like character always is most important or it's more important to me now i remember 
Um, something that really stuck it for me was uh, when I was developing Crowded, I had I really only had like the basic idea and I sent it to an editor at a publisher that I was friendly with. I was like, hey, I think this would be really cool. Um, sent it to him. His reply came back. He's like, yeah, the idea is cool, but I'm not sure why anybody should care about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, he's right. Like, um, mm-hmm. like, and that that really like shifted how I approached it. Like, when I would write pitches, like, you know, I would like just like dwell on the on the concept um, mm-hmm. and and like over explain it. And uh, so from that point on, I always write pitches now where it's the character centered. So like the first line is always about like blah, blah, blah is doing blah, blah, blah. And then uh-huh. unfurl that like they're inside this world. Um, so, yeah, just because I, I ultimately character stuff is the stuff I, I think I like the most. Um, it's the stuff I get most excited about. Sure. Um, Cause that stuff is like, you don't plan that stuff, you know, like when I sit down and like world build, like, you know, you're putting all your pieces uh, down. And so when you walk in, you know, all that stuff, it's not like you're, you know, occasionally you'll invent one or two new things, but mm-hmm. it's all pretty set in stone at that point. But character stuff, I, I never like go like, okay, then they're going to have like, you know, I mean, I have broad strokes, but I don't have like, here's how this conversation is going to go. And I've known it for three months. I don't uh-huh. know it until I sit down and write it. And therefore, I think that's why it's most exciting to me, because it's the stuff. It's the little treat I leave for myself after I've done all the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you get a little treat. That's, yes. Yeah. You know, everyone deserves a little treat. <laughs> Not, I don't necessarily believe that, but I think you do. So <laughs> leave it there. Um I, I said I said before, you know, that that I sort of tend to think of you as a sci-fi writer because you do a lot of these high concept sci-fi books. But actually, you you've done a bunch of crime stuff, and you've done a bunch of sort of almost pseudo romance crime stuff, and and other stuff. Like, I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, are there genres that you gravitate to towards more are there is there stuff that that pulls you in is there stuff that you don't want is there stuff you don't want to do where you like i would never want to do that um yeah i can't think of any genres that i wouldn't want to do um it's it's more about like how prepared i am to do them Mm -hmm. um crime is definitely i think my first love uh because i spent a lot of time like the year um, yeah, it is the year before I moved to Portland. I I had this weird hang up for a long time about genre fiction, where you know I I think some I I knew these like really snotty dudes in college, and I think some of that bled into me. So when I was like thinking about like writing a novel, I was like, no, I can't like I can't write like a crime book or a sci-fi. But I have to write an important book, you know. Uh-huh. I, have to, I have to be fucking John Irving or somebody. Yeah. Um, and it, it like it was strangling me. So like I bought this year, I I bought a bookshelf and then I went and I filled it with crime books and that's all I read all year. Huh. Um, and I kind of like sort of broke my programming. 
Um, <laughs> so I think crime is now first and foremost in terms of like, oh, you can tell like really cool stories, but also like have something to say inside mm -hmm. of that. And just because, you know, um, it's a genre that like my friend once called gun fiction um, <laughs> doesn't doesn't make it any less than, you know. That sounds um, sick. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's like, better. Yeah, that's a good cool. title. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, definitely uh, crime, sci-fi, uh, horror, but horror scares me because I love horror is like my favorite genre. So I'm like really intimidated. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to sort of ask. I was like, I can't like I can't think of you really doing a straight horror book. Like, am I missing something? I mean, I, Blink is a. Oh, yeah. OK. I mean, it's mostly a straight horror book. I mean, it's also but, sort of meta. But and... you're the biggest horror movie nerd i know mm -hmm. like you watch every horror movie so i was fascinated that it's like well you love this genre but then you don't really do too much in it i'm yeah i mean i'm scared to do stuff in, like you know because you spend all these years like you know criticizing the genre that you love and like wading through the worst parts of it and you're just like god all these people are terrible and then it's like all right now it's my turn and it's like fuck I, i'm gonna be one of those like i'm you know uh i'm gonna be yeah the fifth saw movie um so that's, that's my favorite one mine is the sixth which is all about uh uh life insurance actually i i i've only seen the first one but for reasons i don't understand tyler boss watched all of them in a week and then called I've me to explain what they were all about did he explain the timeline he was he, he sort of was like the timelines were confusing and sort of jumped around the thing he was really dwelling on was that that one of them is about a support group for survivors but that okay. they all like were happy to have been tortured that it was like sort right. of the best thing for them and he was like that was a really fascinating take and i don't quite know why they went and he was really dwelling on it in a in a way and i was um sitting there listening to him talk to me about Saw for a long time. Uh, it was a fun conversation, but didn't make me want to watch the other Saw movies. No, it's more fun to hear about Saw movies than to actually watch them. Yeah. Okay, I think that 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 clears up the horror. The horror thing is something that's actually been on my mind a long time. Of it's just been like, bugging what? you? Yeah, I, I, I have a weird relationship with horror and comics because I don't... It doesn't work the same way as it does in, in movies. Like you just have too much control over your own reading experience that it, yeah. it never feels mm -hmm. like there's things that are creepy and unnerving, but I've never been scared by a comic. Like I've no... never been scared by a, a horror movie though. Like that's not, that's not what the genre is about to did, me. Like it's about just like building that atmosphere. It's did, not you, necessarily... did you see Saw 8? That one's pretty scary. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's more about just sort of building that atmosphere of dread and like what could happen more than like, oh man, that freaked me. Like I can't sure. think of it. I've seen horror movies that have like lightly scarred me, and like, uh, like I don't ever want to see something like that again in a good way. Um, but yeah, I mean, horror movies aren't scary to me. But that's also like, I don't know what would be. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not super afraid of horror movies, but there's still some that sort of get get my pulse racing a little bit, or you know, get it up. And I don't, I just don't feel the same thing from comics. Sure. And it's not it's not a shot at them. I like horror comics, and I read horror comics all the time. But I'm always sort of 
thinking about it as chasing the same sort of experience that the movies do, which is naive, I guess, of me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, for, I, I think, yeah, I just haven't found horror stuff that I think would justify, like, all that work, I guess. Um, I just think of, like, horror as, like, a really low-class genre, and it's like, I, I don't want to, like, take up an artist, like, I don't want to take up six months of their life with this, like... <laughs> They should be doing something good. They should be drawing Batman or something. Like, <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a that's a that's an interesting take. They should be. I don't want to take up their time with this. I like it. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Christopher Sabella. Make sure to check out Godfell as well as everything else Chris is working on by giving him a follow on Twitter at xtop. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion, and in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com, or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.